Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Welcome to service today. Um, it's wonderful for us to still be able to worship our God uh, with His grace, His power, His anointing. Uh, he continues to do what, what He uh, does. Um, this uh, pandemic has not been able to stop the church from being the church. And the reason is simply because we are not a building. Um, and as we've gone into this next phase of the lockdown, uh, the church will get stronger you will fulfill God's plans and purposes. This lockdown will be the most productive time of your life yet. Uh, that, 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 that I pray for you uh, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Today is Remembrance Sunday, and we have, we've prayed for uh, uh, the members of our arms, armed services community families, civilians who have lost their lives in, who lost their lives in any of the two world wars or any of the conflicts that have, that sadly we've, we've been a part of as a nation since then. Um, and please let's, let's do that. Let's spend today remembering them, gallant men and women who gave the ultimate price, uh, paid the ultimate price uh, to protect the integrity of the borders of this nation and to bring peace to this nation. Um, civilians who have died um, in those conflicts, uh, the, the world wars, in other conflicts, and sadly as a result of uh, um, terrorism. Let's remember all of them. Amen. Hallelujah. Today is a bit of a different day. Um, I'm going to spend the whole uh, time of my sermon answering questions on the journey. Um, sometime in May, you won't believe, it's, it's as far as that, um, we started the journey into God's promises. Uh, and there have been many sermons um, that along the way, many stops, and we wanted to devote today to answering questions um, about the journey. Uh, so we're going to just ask you to send in your questions about the journey um, and we'll, I'll see the questions on this screen um, when you send them in, and then I'll be able to answer the questions. Hopefully, we can shed some more light uh, about this journey. We've preached so many sermons. Um, remember them, the Ten Commandments, uh, um, following the cloud and the fire, um, uh, Jethro's principles, uh, the one about leadership, um, Please bear in mind that we can't answer all the questions. Okay, okay, first question comes from JHTV, Zainab on JHTV. JHTV. Pastor, you've been, you've been taking us through the journey into God's promises for a few months now. What is the assurance that we will enter into all these promises? Well, the, the assurance is, is God himself. Uh, the assurance is the word of God. Uh, the assurance is because God says it in his word. Uh, the assurance is his word is his inviolate promise to us. Um, the assurance is the example of the children of Israel. Uh, the assurance is the nature of God. He is God. 
uh, his word says uh, he's not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should change his mind. Has he said it? Will he not do it? That's the assurance we have. We, we can't get a, a better guarantee than that, that God said it. So please rest assured, as long as we follow him, follow the leading of his spirit, uh, do what he wants us to do uh, in his word, you will enter into the promises that God has made to you. Okay, um, this one is from YouTube, David. When you spoke about the battle of Amalek, it was about how God responded to their prayers. What do we do if one feels like one has been praying and it does not seem like God is responding? I, that, that, that's something we all face. Um, you know, the, the Psalms is a book of prayer, really, and there are many times in the Psalms when you hear the psalmist crying out to God uh, because he feels, God, you're not listening to my prayer. It's part of our journey. But let's start with some basic assurances with regards to prayer. Please, these are fundamental and basic assurances. God himself has given us so many assurances in, in his word that he listens, he hears our prayers, he listens to them, and he answers our prayers. So let that be a basic foundation, that God hears, listens, hears, and answers our prayers. Jeremiah 33, verse 3, God himself says, call unto me, and he says, I will answer and show you great and mighty things which you didn't know. Uh, the foundation scripture for our prayer shield, Jeremiah 29, verse 12. It's along the same lines. Uh, Matthew 7, verse 7, what we call the golden rule of prayer. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. So that tells us that God answers prayers. And I would like you to just store that for the time when you're praying and it feels like God is not answering prayers. And then we take encouragement from Jesus himself. Uh, when, he, when he teaches about prayer as a foundation of our faith in the Beatitudes, he talks about prayer and he talks about the reward for prayer. So there is a reward for prayer. And when he's encouraging his disciples uh, not to get weary, tired, faint, give up, uh, with that wonderful parable of the persistent widow who went before the judge in Luke 18, what he tells us in that is that along the way, there'll be ample opportunity to get tired, to faint, to lose heart, to give up. But he says that we should not. Uh, we, he encourages us to press on. And remember how he says it, if this judge could have answered that woman, how much more will your father in heaven not answer you. So please let's be encouraged um, uh, with regards to prayer. Just keep praying. God answers prayers. Uh, he might not answer it how you want, but answer it, he will. Um, Emma on Facebook, when you spoke about the cloud and the fire, it seemed very easy for the children of Israel. How do we follow the Spirit in these times? Good question. Um, yes, it was easy in the sense that easier in the sense that they physically saw a cloud uh, uh, at, at, uh, in the daytime and the fire, the pillar of fire at night, and all they had to do 
was keep their eyes on the cloud or, or, the, or the, at night or the pillar, of fire, the pillar of fire at night or the cloud in the day, and wherever it went, they went. Now, we don't have that physically now, and the reason we don't have that physically is that there really isn't any need for it because the cloud and the fire is now in you if you're a Christian and a child of God. Um, the Spirit of God is the gift we get when we give our lives to Christ. Uh, and that Spirit of God does exactly what the cloud and the fire did. It, it, it leads us and guides us amongst other things that the Spirit of God does. So how do we uh, be like the children of Israel, be led? Um, how do we make sure we don't put our foot wrong? How do we make sure we don't make a mistake that is calamitous? Well, we must develop a deep relationship, fellowship with the Spirit of God. That's the key, yeah? We spend time uh, in the Word of God, and we spend time developing a deep relationship with the Spirit of God, learning to hear the voice of the, of the Spirit of God, practicing uh, the hearing of the voice of the Spirit of God. And then that, that's how we're supposed to be guided ultimately, the Word of God, and we're led by the Spirit of God. Okay, Tito Boz on JHTV, I like the name. Uh, how does God answer our prayers? Well, I mean, that's, what, that's, what, that's who he is. Uh, he, he, you know, the Bible is a, is a book of answered prayers. Um, they say that there are only three prayers that were said uh, direct prayers that God didn't answer. And one of them, we are grateful he didn't answer. The prayer that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane initially for this cup to pass over him because you and I wouldn't be saved um, if he had answered that prayer. Now, against that, three, three, three or so prayers that were not answered, there are thousands of prayers in different ways that were answered. Um, there, are, there are probably maybe about 300 or 400 or direct prayers, and then many other situations that describe prayers that were answered. What is, what is the essence of that? It's just to tell us that God is a God who wants to answer our prayers. As long as our prayers are in line with his will, with his word, as long as our prayers are part of the kingdom agenda um, because it's ultimately his plans and his purposes that must come to pass, God will answer our prayers. Now, let's also bear in mind that, you know, the answer uh, can be yes. The answer can be going to a holding position, which is, well, that's what I call it, but that's wait. And the answer can be no. Uh, we must bear that in mind. Um, he's not he does, he's not under any obligation to say yes to everything that we ask. Um, when it is not part of his plan, then the answer can be no. But answer, God will. How can we practically hold on to God's promises during a time of severe grief and loss? Now, that, that, that's, um, that's a very challenging one. Uh, in the sense that uh, grief, um, and grief could be over many different things. 
uh, a business collapses, that intense sorrow, um, a relationship breaks up, uh, grief, you can be grief-stricken over that, uh, you lose a job, uh, you can be grief-stricken over that. Uh, but easily the most uh, painful and the deepest, uh, uh, um, the deepest kind of grief that people experience is usually over the loss of a loved one. Um, and that can be a very difficult place, a very dark place, a very uh, challenging place. It, it challenges everything, your faith, your belief in God, everything. It comes against you in that instance when you're faced with that kind of grief. Um, so how do we, how do we uh, uh, cope with it? We cope, we cope with it only by the grace of God. We are comforted only by the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we, we just reach out to God at, at times like that. Um, I've been there, so I understand it. Uh, and God is there for those who are grieving. Um, and and, and we, we're thankful for, for practical things like, it, like the communities that come around us um, that help us in that process of grief. So it, it, it is a tough time, uh, but I'm, I genuinely know for a fact that God sees us through uh, those, those tough times. He, he, his spirit comes and comforts us. And you will find, as most people who have experienced grief will tell you, that weeping does endure for a night, and there's, there is a time for that. But that sh as surely as God leaves, joy comes in the morning. Uh, a healing takes place. Um, God brings strength to be able to cope with life, deal with life, um, and whilst not putting away completely, uh, if it's a, a loved one, but putting it in perspective with regards to eternity and with regards to God. Um, Olufunto uh, says, how do you balance waiting for the fulfillment of God's promises, especially when you are not sure you're still on course and growing faint or weary? Well, I think the way you, you, you keep going is by God's grace. Um, it's also by uh, a, a belief, the faith that God will do what he said he would do. You know, uh, if you remember the, our patriarch, the father of our faith, Abraham, he's a, he's, he's a perfect example. You know, he, he, he receives a promise from God that he's going to have a son. It takes about 25 years from when he gets that promise till when that son comes. And there, were, there must have been, there obviously were, if not we wouldn't have Ishmael, uh, circumstances when he was near giving up. Um, but then the Bible says that about him that he, he didn't stagger, and I love that phrase, he didn't stagger. Uh, through, the, through that period. He continued to give God praise for what God had said, um, and, and he eventually received the promise. So what's my encouragement to anybody um, who is at that place where they are holding on? Uh, my, my encouragement is continue to believe and to hope in God. He doesn't disappoint. He doesn't let down. Um, continue praise, praise works, continue to praise God for what he has done uh, in the past and what he has promised to do. Take encouragement from the word of God. Take encouragement from the testimonies of others. That's why it's wonderful to, to share testimonies. 
that, 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 that God will do what he says he, he will do. Just continue to hold on and continue to be encouraged. And if you're in that place and, uh, and you're watching this, uh, I pray that the Spirit of God will lift your spirits even now. Um, I pray hope will rise again in you. Um, I pray you will read the word again and it will speak again to you uh, and you will rest in who God is, that if he promised it, he will bring it to pass. Um, when you talked about fake gods, you talked about our phones. How do we stop our phones from becoming idols? Well, that's a, that's a 21st century fake god, our, our phones. Um, and they're, they're useful tools, of course. That, that, that's why we all have them. Um, they're, they're amazing tools. But the thing with any of the fake gods, when we talked about that in the sermons, is that anything that replaces God in our lives, anything that we find we are spending more of our time, more of our money, giving more of our attention to uh, than God uh, has become a fake God. So the question is, is this phone simply a tool that you use to make your life easier for all the things that it does? Or has it become an addiction? Um, are you pining for it so much? Does it determine your life? Um, can you put it away for a day and not have withdrawal symptoms? Are you waking up and the first thing you do is you check uh, how many likes you have on inst Instagram or any of the other uh, platforms? Uh, is that what it is to you? Have you become addicted to it? then it has become a, a fake God, um, and it will let you down in the end. Um, so uh, we have to make sure that we are constantly checking, that not just the phones, but that, but that any of these other things, um, um, material things, and even people uh, haven't taken the place of God. Um, a simple test is when you wake up in the morning, do you, do you say good morning Holy Spirit first and have a, have a conversation with God in prayer or do you reach out for your phone and when you have checked um, your Instagram, your Twitter uh, and your emails, you then give whatever time is left to God. That's just a simple test. Elizabeth, for us young people, for us young people in high school, how can we tell when the enemy is trying to, trying to tempt us by using peer pressure? That's a, that's a, that's a real challenge. Um, and how can you tell? The answer is very simple. What your peers are putting you under pressure to do, does it line up with God or God's word or not? So, of course, if they're, if they're bringing pressure to do things that are wholesome, uh, things that um, will be of benefit to you in a, in a wholesome way, things that clearly line up with the Word of God, then it's not the enemy because those things are going to um, be for your benefit. They're, they're, they're going to glorify God. They're going to uh, make you a better person in, in, in the kingdom of God. But then if they come to put pressure to do things that clearly don't line up with the Word of God, things that are destructive, uh, things that are negative, then that is clearly the enemy, um, and you've got to deal with it in that regard. Bumi says um, from YouTube, thanks for the opportunity to ask questions. You have taught us a lot about this journey. 
could we possibly have a distilled version to help us put the teaching into practice? It's been an excellent series, okay? Um, I, I, I will pass that on to uh, teaching ministry, uh, and I'm sure that I, 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 I can see the benefit of what you're saying, Bumi. Um, I'm sure we will work out something uh, where it can be distilled in a way that allows us uh, to move forward with it. Uh, Bomsi on JHTV. Dear Pastor, could you give us a practical example of when you prayed and God answers? A simple example would be encouraging. Well, there are many examples, but easily the most uh, uh, touching example was um, um, a, a very a member of my family, very close member of my family, was very, very ill. Very, very, very ill. Um, in, na in natural terms, um, the, the, the person uh, had gone past uh, natu the natural terms. You, you, would, you would start to lose hope. But we prayed, God answered, uh, God healed the person. Um, that, that, that was very, very encouraging. The second one I'll give you is um, um, a pastor... Uh, who is very close to me, who you all know in, in, in Jesus' house, both, him and, both the pastor and his wife, um, had stage four cancer and got COVID at the same time. Um, we believe God. Um, God stepped in. God healed him. Um, and right now he's completely healed of it. Of course, God used medicine, and God does use medicine. Um, so we are grateful for doctors, but healing ultimately comes from God. Now, to have stage four cancer and COVID and to still be alive and facing your future is a miracle of God. So that, that's, I could tell you loads of stories of answered prayers. How can one deal with the, Tox says, how can one deal with the discouraging feelings when God says no? Tox, I really understand that. I, I really get that. I think the way I deal with it is to fall back, and this is a fallback for me a lot of the time, um, is to fall back on who God is. Um, and I think it's so important to, for us to settle that. It's what I call storm shelters. Um, these are places that we run into when the storms of life are raging. And one of them, the storm shelters for me, is, are the things that I have settled about God. They are settled. So his love for me, settled. Yeah, that, that God is love and he loves me. Um, that's settled. Uh, his nature, his compassionate nature, his kind nature, his merciful nature, also settled. So when God says no, those are the things I run into, that, that God is loving. I am precious to him, uh, the apple of his eye. Uh, he is merciful, he is kind, he's compassionate, he's fair. Uh, and so this no answer is the same way a, a father, loving father, will sometimes say no to a child because he knows that it's not in the best interests of that child to have what that child asks for. Um, and I rest in that. Then, of course, I, I ask him for grace to help me get on with life, um, where he has said no to what I have asked for. Um, um, Fumi Biti from JHTV, 
What are the key prayer points for servant leadership, given the crucial role of leadership required for the journey, especially during these unprecedented and uncharted times? Well, key prayer points is, first, I, 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 this is what I would say. Firstly, for me, would be to constantly hear God so that I'm making decisions not on the basis of what is happening or even my emotions or sentiments, but I am making decisions on the basis of what God is saying and for the sake of his kingdom. So that would be the first thing, that I, God help me to hear you, help me to be guided by you uh, as I make decisions as a leader. And then, of course, there'd be other prayer points I would pray. I would pray for God to give me courage, uh, because leadership requires courage, boldness. Um, sometimes you take decisions as a leader and you're alone. Sometimes they are difficult decisions to take. Sometimes because of a position you have taken as a leader, you will get attacked. So it will be for courage, um, after the prayer of hearing God, for courage. Uh, the, the third decision would be for wisdom, um, because that's what leadership entails, especially in these unprecedented times. Uh, the wisdom to say the right things, the wisdom not to speak when, when, when you shouldn't speak, the wisdom, um, just wisdom, basically. Um, the fourth prayer point would be uh, to be able to take criticism um, and use criticism to use it to work, make it work for me, um, because as a leader you will be criticized, and, and today more than ever before, because everybody has an opinion today, everybody is a journalist, everybody is a photojournalist because we all have phones and everybody has the platform to air their views. Um, so, of course, you are going to take, get criticism for any decision you make. So, those would be the major prayer points. Um, CKN on GHTV, the, the Sabbath day, how can you ensure you keep the Sabbath day holy when you work six, six days a week and on Sunday you work in church? How practical is this? and must it be once a week. I empathize uh, very seriously, CKN. Um, it's a challenge that I must confess I'm facing. I preached the sermon, and I was brilliant three, four weeks after I preached the sermon, but then I have lapsed again. So we must constantly keep encouraging ourselves. Um, I guess that the important thing, CKN, is to understand why and once you prioritize why, then you somehow make it work. Um, so the why of the Sabbath is to understand it. It's to understand that, that the need for that rest, the need to um, honor God with that time, the need to create that sacred space uh, for God in terms of that rest, the practical need to rest your body in a physical sense. And once you understand all those things, the benefits of the Sabbath day, the, the fact that God, that quietness allows God to speak to you, allows you to reflect, you then decide that if, if this thing is so beneficial, then I have to create the time for it. Um, and you just have to apply yourself to creating that time for it. Um, in, in your case, uh, working six days a week, is there a possibility of not working one of those days? Um, is there a possibility of serving in church um, on Sunday, uh, but not in a way that um, uh, demands that half your Sunday is gone? I mean, these are things that you have to work out in a practical sense. Um, is it really possible, Pastor, to get to the level of Moses as an intercessor in this day and age? 
Well, let's aspire to it. Um, I believe it is. I believe it is. And I, I, I think Moses uh, is an example for us uh, as to the power of intercession. And I think that um, I'd never, never in my lifetime ha have we needed more intercessors. Uh, that's people who will stand in the gap on behalf of their families, their communities, their churches, and the nation. Um, never have we needed more intercessors than in this unprecedented and uncertain times. Um, and I think the examples of Moses and, and Abraham and all the other intercessors in the Bible and the ultimate example of Jesus as our intercessor in heaven um, are good examples to put before us as we aspire to be like them because we see the results of their intercession. And it encourages us that we can have similar results in this day and age uh, when we apply ourselves in the way they did. So the answer to your question is yes, I think we can arrive there. I think we have an advantage that he didn't have. He didn't have um, a risen Christ. Uh, we have a risen Christ that has paved the way for us to go boldly before the throne of grace uh, uh, of God to uh, stand in intercession. So I think we can. Um, Abby, Oladotoye uh, on YouTube, after God has answered your prayer, how do you maintain the warfare mode, especially when you want to stop doing the 90 days night vigil and non-stop fasting you did to rest your body? Um, good question. Abby, it's impossible to maintain that, that level of intensity in prayer uh, for your life. You can't fast all your life. Um, you will harm your body in a physical sense. Um, um, you can't do non-stop vigils um, because your, your, the, the human body is wired to rest at night. But Abby, what you can do and what the Bible encourages, encourages us to do is that you can pray without ceasing. You can continuously pray. Now, Abby, the question would be, um, how do I do that? Well, you do that by cultivating the habit of conversational prayer um, by cultivating an awareness of God all the time. My, my pastor, um, Dr. Nuzo, wrote a book on, uh, called The Pathway to Conversational Prayer, which I would highly recommend. I read it 26 years ago, or thereabouts, uh, 25 years ago, at the start, you know, early days of my Christian walk. Um, and I, I, again, it's a book that, you know, he's rewriting all his books. Um, so these books are now, uh, have, they now have a lot added to them. So the idea, Abby, is to maintain conversational prayer so that you're praying all the time. You're, you know, I, I was saying to our daughter, Noni, I was talking to her about something around, around, around this, and I was saying to her that what we need is an awareness of God. We need him to be central to everything that we do. We don't want him to become uh, something we put in a compartment. Done my one hour quiet time. God, you're in that compartment. Let me face my life. I'll see you again at night when I say good night to you and in the morning when I come back to my quiet time. No, uh, we want to take him with us wherever we go, the presence of God. So we want to be at dinner. We want to have a conversation with God. Uh, we want to be in the gym. We want to be able to be talking to God, have a conversation with him. We want to be sitting in an office meeting and you're asked a question. We want to be able to shoot off a quick sentence to the Holy Spirit to say, help me to answer that correctly. Uh, you want to arrive somewhere after a plane journey. It should be normal for you to walk into a hotel room and before you rush off to see the pool or to find out what restaurants, to 
just thank God for the journey, for journey messages and for this beautiful hotel. Basically, you want him to be a part of your life, and that's how you can maintain that. Um, how do we gain control over our thoughts, especially negative thoughts? Very, very good question. Um, we do that um, uh, primarily, primarily by taking the thoughts captive, yeah? And how do we take the thoughts captive? Because when you say gain control, I'm assuming you're saying that the thoughts have already come in uh, because otherwise uh, the barriers that we put in place, uh, we put them in place to stop the, these things from coming in. So we're careful with our, our, our eye gates, we're careful what we see, uh, we're careful what we hear, and we're careful as to the environments that we find ourselves in. Because there are certain environments that you find yourself, yourself in, uh, it will induce certain thoughts. It's, it's a no-brainer. Um, that environment is going to plant certain thoughts in your heart. And so you can say later, how did these thoughts arise? Because you were in that environment. You were soaking in the environment. Um, if you hear certain things repeatedly, it will, bring, it will affect your thoughts. Um, I always say to people that um, in the early days of this pandemic, um, when we were really praying and it was raging, um, after a while, Shola and I had made a decision, no more television, um, no more news. Um, our, our son would watch cartoons, but no more news. Once a day, we would, I would look at a news channel on my phone just to know what's happening, and that's it. Because I found that the drip, drip, drip of 24-7 news that was negative was beginning to introduce thoughts into my mind and was affecting my prayer because I wanted to pray a prayer of, the prayer of faith. Um, so it's protecting our our ear gates and protecting our eye gates um, to stop it from coming in. But sometimes these things have come in. Uh, maybe we made mistakes, maybe past, past lifestyle. Then it's our responsibility to hunt them down and take them captive. Um, and we do that primarily with the Word of God and, of course, with the help of the Spirit of God. We counter them with the Word of God. We take them captive with the Word of God um, and with the help of the Spirit of God. Um, Wendy, when you spoke on failure in leadership, you mentioned that lack of cor courageous leadership is not the absence of fear, but what we do with fear. Please throw more light on this. Well, it's, it's interesting because same part of the conversation I had uh, with, with our daughter was along these lines because she said to me that, she started by saying, very interesting, she said, Dad, you must accept you are weird. You are different. And so you have to accept that. And it was along those lines. Don't expect everybody to be like, so we had a conversation. Um, um, and she, she was saying to me, um, wonderful conversation, but, but that, that sh shouldn't there be provision for people to be sad? People get sad. Shouldn't there be provision for people to be, you know, afraid? People get afraid. Um, and you might not, she said, but people do. So of course I told her, I do. Uh, I, I get afraid, I, I get sad, you know, uh, these, these negative things happen to all of us. But I said to her, the difference is that I have intentionally created a premise or a prism that I pass everything in life through. Uh, it's, uh, it's like a net. So if you assume that this is that prism, yeah? Whatever I go through must pass through this prism. And that prism I've created is really 
created from the Word of God. It's my value system from the Word of God. Um, from what, who God is, I understand from the Word. So when I face life circumstances, a situation that will bring fear, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure I've even told, um, apart from close family members, the, the early days of COVID, I had to deal with fear. Um, and it really wasn't so much a fear for myself. There was a bit of that. But it was a fear for others, for loved ones, and for the church that this thing, it, you know, the enemy kept saying to me, it's going to take your some of your loved ones. It's going to destroy your church. You're going to have so much grief. And then as I would watch the news and hear it's, it's rising, our rate, you know, all kinds of things, you know, the fear would multiply. So, of course, what I did was take that fear to God, you know, told God up front, God, you, nobody else might know, but you know in my heart I'm afraid. And I can't function like this. You've got to help me. And it's interesting, Dr. Nuzo had told a story like this because that's exactly what happened to me. God, was, God said to me, okay, bring that fear now that you've admitted that the fear is there. So what am I saying, uh, Wendy? I'm saying that those things come, but we must be quick to see them in God's, through God's perspective and take them to God and ask God to take them away, and he always does. The challenge, Wendy, is that people sit in it. So the sadness comes, and you sit in it for hours and days and weeks and months, and, and it has time to embed itself in your life. The fear comes, and you sit in that fear. You, 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 you throw a party with it. You, 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 you make it feel at home, and eventually the fear takes root. But the moment you pass it through the prism of God, you know, put it through the word in a sense, and take it back to God, then God has a way of dealing with that. With that. Um, AA on YouTube, how can we still honor our parents even if they are not doing godly things or acting in godly ways and their actions are causing a lot of pain within the family? Well, the Bible does not say make an ex ex exemption. And God, if he wanted to, would have made an exemption. But he doesn't make an exemption. He just says, honor them. So we can honor them um, by what we say about them, for example, how we relate to them, um, uh, another example, um, how we act towards them in terms of being a blessing to them. We can honor them in that way uh, without allowing their ungodly actions or ungodly activity uh, to cause harm to us, our children, or the, or the wider family. And God will honor such an action. And we ultimately honor them by praying for them as well. Um, we, 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 are, we, are, we are duty bound as Christians to do that concerning them. And Pete says uh, on GHTV, one of the sacrifices you spoke about was the sacrifice of fasting. I genuinely find it difficult to fast. Is it mandatory that I fast as a Christian? <laughs> I find it difficult to fast myself, believe it or not. <laughs> I actually find it difficult. Um, we're, in a, we're in a redeemed fast now. <laughs> My God, <laughs> if I say this, I might get sucked in. <laughs> we're in a redeemed fast now, and we're, we're fasting. Um, Geo has called a fast, so of course we are fasting. Um, and, you know, we've been doing it um, this time breaking at six. 
But a few days ago, Shola came down and <laughs> she was laughing at me last night. She came down and I was eating a bowl of oats. And she thought, ah, man of God, you're not fasting with the whole of redeemed. <laughs> and I said, today I've taken a break, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm tired. My body's tired. I haven't slept. <laughs> but yeah, next day I was back on the fast and I probably will add an extra day or whatever, you know, in, in the fast. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that we all struggle uh, with fasting. And some are more disciplined in it than others, but we struggle. So people say to me, but you fast a lot. I say yes, because I have no choice. Um, it, it's, it's like somebody saying, but you pray. I have no choice. When Jesus gave us the, the mandate for our lives as believers uh, the, in the Beatitudes, uh, he spoke about when you pray. He also spoke about when you fast. Um, I also have seen the benefits of fasting. I, I can't deny those benefits of fasting. Um, the most spiritual growth, the, the times I have grown most spiritually have been in periods of, of fasting. So just encourage you um, um, to, 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 to just do it. Um, and then don't forget to ask God for grace, uh, for grace to do it. Don't forget that it is God who gives the grace for us to be able to fast. And then make sure your motives are right when you are fasting as well. Okay, um, we are uh, coming to the end. Um, I wish I could answer more questions, but I'll take one last question. So one last question. Um, okay, from JHTV, is there really life after death? How do we know for sure that there's heaven and earth, uh, see, heaven and hell, seen as, oh, heaven and earth it says, seen as no one has ever died and come back to life to confirm what exists? Well, the, People have, um, just, in, just to say that, people have, have gone and come back, both in the Bible, um, in terms of, uh, uh, you, you know the story of, 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 of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, that, was an, uh, that was put there for our purposes, to help us understand that there is an afterlife, uh, where, the, where the rich man, you know, who desperately wanted to come back um, to come and tell his brothers, his loved ones, that this hell and heaven is real. Um, and what, 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 what did the Bible say concerning, what did Jesus say to him? That don't, you don't have to go back. If they can't listen to the prophets, basically if we can't listen to the word of God and believe it, uh, they won't listen to you even if you came back to tell them that heaven and hell is real. And then of course we have examples of people who have had um, an experience where they've, they've died and they've, they've, their, their souls have gone and seen some of those things uh, in the afterlife and then God has allowed them to come back. Again, as warnings to us. But even, even more, than, more than that, what people's experience is, the word of God is very clear. Uh, you can't uh, say I'm a follower of Jesus without accepting that there is an afterlife. Doesn't he talk about um, going to prepare mansions for us. Uh, um, it, it talks about that. The Bible talks about, about heaven and hell. Uh, you can't ac accept this Bible without accepting that there is that afterlife. Um, and in the afterlife, there is heaven and there is hell. It might not be trendy to, speak, to preach about it today, but it is the Bible truth. Um, as the Bible says, it is appointed for man to die and after that, the judgment. It's the way it's going to work. We will all find out at the end 
that that is the case. If that is not the case, then everything in the Bible we must throw away. Um, and since we know we can't do that, we accept that that is the case. Um, and so there is an afterlife. Uh, you better believe there is an afterlife. Um, once, when we die, life doesn't end. Uh, we, are trans we transit into eternity. That's why we're encouraged to live our lives here with an eye on eternity because that's where we're going to spend the rest of our lives and it is endless, it is eternal. And that's why you have to make sure that when you arrive on the other shores of life, that you arrive in the right place, um, you arrive in heaven. And you do that because you have made your peace with God, you have accepted his gift of salvation so that your sin does not lead to you going to the other place. But because Christ has paid the price for you uh, and you accept him as a gift of salvation, you're saved uh, from a life of damnation. That is the Bible. Um, and, and so I, I, I can end on that note because maybe there's someone out there who's been listening uh, to all these questions and the answers and you haven't made your peace with God. You haven't accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. There is an afterlife. Um, I don't want it, it to be the case that you find out and it is too late to do anything. You can do something now. What can you do? You can simply open up your heart and receive the gift of salvation. That's what you can do. And so if there's anyone out there who wants to receive that gift, isn't it as simple as that? A gift, all you have to do is receive it, that's all. If you want to receive that gift and, and make assurance double sure about where you end up in the afterlife, and in addition to that, receive that spirit of God that we spoke about that comes to reside in you and guides you in life, uh, I would love to pray for you. And if you're that person, why don't you just say this simple prayer with me? Heavenly Father, I open up my heart today and I receive your son Jesus into my heart as my Lord and Savior. I turn away from anything sinful that I have been doing and ask for the grace to live a life that is pleasing to you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for washing me clean in his blood. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Thank you for giving me now an assurance about my future, my salvation. I declare, Heavenly Father, that I'm now a child of yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's it. Amen. You've, you've, you've received the gift of salvation. You're a child of his. You are now born again. And you can start the journey into God's promises uh, led by his spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Amen and amen. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. We've had a wonderful service. Um, but you know what? Send the questions in and we will create some part um, in, in our system, either on the website or, or, or I'm not sure how we'll do it, where we will answer those questions. Um, some of us will answer those questions. Um, so that nobody's question is not answered. Um, we couldn't answer all of them, obviously, uh, today. Well, God bless you.